a podcast to honor the gods. This better come with a sacrifice. Deus Ex Media. Pandemonium reigned. Somebody, and Harry had a very shrewd idea who, had set off what seemed to be an enormous crate of enchanted fireworks. Dragons comprised entirely of green and gold sparks were soaring up and down the corridors, emitting loud, fiery blasts and bangs as they went. Shocking pink Catherine wheels five feet in diameter were whizzing lethally through the air like so many flying saucers. Rockets with long tails of brilliant silver stars were ricocheting off the walls. Sparklers were writing swear words in midair of their own accord. Firecrackers were exploding like mines everywhere Harry looked, and instead of burning themselves out, fading from sight, or fizzling to a halt, these pyrotechnical miracles seemed to be gaining in energy and momentum the longer he watched. Welcome to the Restricted Section, a pro-trans rights Harry Potter slander Harry Potter book club podcast where we slander Harry Potter. If you haven't done the reading, don't worry, we did it for you. Here's what we're talking about this week. Harry Potter in the Order of the Phoenix, Chapter 28, Snape's Worst Memory. Umbridge is now the boss of Hogwarts, and Fred and George make sure she has to earn her paycheck by setting off a bajillion fireworks all over the school. Cho and Harry, like, break up? Question mark. And when Harry's left alone in Snape's office for 0.2 seconds, he simply must meddle. So he winds up in Snape's pensive, non-consensually, and learns that his father, James, was, oh my god, weird, a jackass. That is so surprising. Snape is, naturally, so fucking mad at this absolute and utter invasion of privacy that he kicks Harry out forever, canceling their acclumency lessons forever. Welcome to the Restricted section, where it is officially time to start the mischief and the mayhem. I'm so excited. I'm your host, Christina. My co-host today is a firework. Brooke, say hello to the listeners, Brooke. Hi, I am apparently a firework. I'm also on a the fourth day, the fourth day of a single game of Risk. Oh my god, I saw you tweet about the Risk. <laughs> my husband and I play Risk occasionally because it takes us forever to play. An average turn for one person lasts 30 minutes. Stop. Is the other one just like reading during that time? No. I hope. Playing nope. with the baby. Nope. Making Watching faces. intently. Stop. They don't have a TV, guys. They don't <laughs> have a TV. <laughs> <laughs> but we do require that we take pictures of the game board every time we pause because we don't trust each other. <laughs> So that's mentally where I'm at. I'm planning my next four moves of risk, which I will hope to have completed by next week. Who's winning? Currently, Michael. What part of the world did he take? It's very important. Uh, see, here's the thing. We are playing Lord of the Rings risk. Uh, oh, so what part of the world did he take? Right. So he has Mirkwood at the moment. Oh, my God. You can get a lot done in Mirkwood. He just ousted me from Rohan, which I was real pissed about. How's he doing? How's your husband? He's here. Okay. A lot. I wrote down, in my well. notes, I wrote down, I'm sure you, this is no surprise, I wrote down, how's Freya first? But then I wrote, I guess, how's your husband? <laughs> so 
So how's your baby? That's what I really want to know. Baby is great. Did I just burp into the mic? It doesn't matter. It's like a little bit of ambiance for everyone. I saw that you're drinking a fresca and I'm jealous because that's objectively the best soda in the world. Okay. So here's the thing. I lived a part, a huge part of my life assuming that fresca had calories. It does not. Really? Is that real? Yes. I was also shocked. I'm literally going to hold this up to the camera for you. Fresca is a zero calorie soda. And I just found out and I am now on my second like fridge pack of fresca for the week okay well that's good to know Uh, my favorite drink to serve on my birthday is because my birthday is like high summer i love a gin bucket and it's like gin and fresca and like lime juice with limes floated in it it's a solid choice okay that's enough beverage talk that's enough risk talk i'm really excited because our special guest today is Radio Mike from 20th Century Boy and Harry Potter and the Boys. Lots of boy stuff. Say hello to the listeners, Mike. Hello. I'm so happy to be back on this podcast. Thank you so much for getting me back. Oh my gosh. It's an absolute delight. And I'm having one of those very funny moments that you have in like the land of podcasting where I feel like we hang out all the time because I listen to your podcast, but Mm. I'm like, hmm, we don't hang out all the time. But Harry Potter and the Boys is some of the funniest shit I've ever listened to in my life. Oh, <laughs> uh, thank you so much. It's um, it's been so fun doing this, what I call the dumbest podcast in Australia, and it probably is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But <laughs> tell tell the listeners in case they forgot or just want to hear you summarize it again. Yeah. So when I was uh, thirteen in year seven at school, I uh, wrote a bunch of Harry Potter fan fictions. And I kind of rediscovered them and dug them out and decided that I wanted to reread them as a podcast. So every week I read a chapter from my fan fiction. Um, At the moment, generally, there's um, my good friend who's an Australian comedian, Sam Garlep, who joins me. Um, But sometimes I have other guests as well. We're currently towards the end of the second book, which is called Harry Potter and the Team Wizard Tournament. And uh, then we'll start book three, hopefully in a few, in a month or so. But yeah, there's seven books. I just can't imagine with what's happened so far in your podcast, what else could possibly happen? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, where do we go from here? Well, what did you think was the wildest moment if you've been listening or up to that? I don't know. I don't, I don't want to give it away in case anyone wants to go listen. But I'll tell you that the most shocked I've ever, I'm hard to shock. (laughs) if you listen to this podcast you might not be surprised to hear that but that episode oh no um where harry's giving neville like a very long masturbating lesson right that's like the whole chapter i was like what is happening right now and my poor husband does not listen to your podcast and he was trapped in a room with me and we this room and we were painting my walls and he was like what is happening right now oh was he was listening along just because you had it yeah okay Yes, he was like, literally, what is this podcast? Yeah, so it's littered with, like, extremely sexual moments, but sort of like... That- of they're adults. They're all... The- yeah, yeah, yeah. Harry yeah. and Neville are adults in this. Yeah, so it's set <laughs> in the future, and I guess, like, it's sort of like the understanding a 13-year-old would have of sex, so it's, like, really funny. And, yeah, often Harry is sort of helping Neville become better at sex, even though Neville maintains that he is not a virgin. Um, and then there is an entire plot line. Again, I'm not going to spoil it, but there is an entire plot line in book two that revolves around sucking dick. 
Um, <laughs> sorry. Very cleverly done. If you're going to put dick sucking in your book, this is the way to do it. Yeah. I, I maintain, I sent this email to you and you're like, I don't think she's reading this. <laughs> but I think it really, it might not be good writing, like spelling. It might be hard to read. But like the story that your little middle schooler brain made is so fucking funny. <laughs> And I, too, feel like I was very funny in middle school. You know, like there was no just all these synapses connecting in my brain. Mm. And, you're, you know, there's no limits yet. You're like, everything's fucking hilarious. Middle yeah. school is the perfect intercession of that moment where you've got the same amount of curiosity as like a fourth grader, like a child. But you have mm-hmm. some mm-hmm. adult capacity to start expressing yourself. And that is yeah, why yeah. it's a nightmare. And you also have a, a lot nightmare. of time. Like, you just have time mm-hmm. yeah, to Yeah, free time. So yeah. you write Harry My Potter My friends and fiction. I wrote a couple of books in middle school, yeah, because mm. it was like, what else am I going to do? Yeah. <laughs> Play sports or something? Boring. <laughs> Not me. I was a cheerleader, so. That, yeah, oh, that's pretty you. cool. Yeah. It was not. I, I also asked Christina via email because, I mean, it, it, it definitely features a lot of Australian references in pop culture, which I worry didn't translate well to anyone who didn't grow up mm-hmm. in Australia. But Christina seemed to think it was not as bad as I thought it was. Yeah, not that bad. Okay. Here's Good. the thing. we Regular Harry Potter is littered with British, British references. Yeah, true. Yeah. That kids in America are like, are like literally had to find out weren't magic. Mm. <laughs> I was reading something... I'm currently pre-reading Half-Blood Prince um, for next season. I'm having a great time. Thanks so much for asking. It was really sad to turn back to Order of the Phoenix and have to read a chapter of it today. Punch the microphone in anger. Um, But there was definitely like a couple British words that I was like, I've never looked these up before. And I I guess today's the day. Was it Catherine Wheel? Because I had to look up what a Catherine Wheel was. It was from Order of the Phoenix and it was a Catherine Wheel. Oh my God. That's so funny, Brooke. Okay, well, we'll get to there because I didn't. I wanted to Google it live on the pod. (laughs) Just like we do everything else on this show. (laughs) So let's do it. Okay, because this is a really fun chapter. Chapter 28, Snape's worst memory. Oh my God, my brain is like short circuiting right now because I literally read like five chapters of Half-Blood Prince today. I'm on the wrong book. I would like to start by taking issue with the title of this chapter. Oh, why? Okay. Um, Because this isn't Snape's worst memory. It's just a memory. It's just a bad one. <laughs> yeah, it, it's sort of like the worst memory that Harry could have seen of Snape at this point in time. Maybe. But like not even because there's there's true. a whole prank pot plot that almost results in his death later That's true. on. And we ne- but we never really <laughs> see that. Like we don't ever go back into the pensive to see that, right? We only Okay. Surely Snape's worst day, based on everything we know about him, is the day that Lily dies. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but like maybe his memory of that day was just like hearing it on the news alone in an apartment oh yeah it's a movie memory that he like rushes to cradle her or like whatever <laughs> why would he do that <laughs> so stupid that being said this not to jump jump ahead but this is kind jump. of what happens in this chapter is kind of the ending of his friendship or relationship with lily in a way like it really ruins his because yeah. c- calling her a mudblood and she really objects oh, yeah. to that um, and it really starts the downfall of their friendship, which I guess 
maybe that's why it's his worst memory. Because he's like, if I didn't call her that, maybe oh. I'd be, I would be Harry's dad right now. Oh my God, stop. <laughs> stop. <laughs> Awful. I mean, I don't know. Can't get much worse than Harry Potter as like a character, but I feel like that would be worse. <laughs> Harry Snipe. He's just boring. Okay, so the chapter starts with a new educational decree making Umbridge the headmaster of Hogwarts. Surprise, surprise. Everyone knows what happened already. The end of the last chapter. That's okay. We need to start the chapter at the end of the last chapter. That's the chapter where Dumbledore was like uh, running away, you know, um, in the Marietta and the sneak thing. Right. That whole shebang. You guys listened last week. I know you did. Everyone knows what happens. And like they're asking Harry for details. Hermione starts talking about Umbridge. Oh, because I think we learned that she tried to like get into Dumbledore's office, but it wouldn't let her. That is like a delightful tip, you know, that Dumbledore is like, no, bitch, like, you're not just gonna get into my <laughs> stairwell into my like secret office room. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love how Dumbledore is characterized in the books so much more than the movies. Well, I like pretty much everything about the books more than the movies, but he just, yeah. <clears throat> there's almost like a, there's almost like a smugness to book Dumbledore, like, but it's like a humble smugness. He, he knows she's not going to be able to get into the office and he kind of, like, he's he set that up in advance and, yeah, it's... He's just, he's in control of everything. Do yeah. we think, though, that the reason she can't get into the office is because, A, the castle itself does not recognize her as a legitimate headmaster, or is it, B, we know that Dumbledore sets passwords for the office. Do you think he just, like changed the password and then like made the recovery number like his own cell. You know what I mean? <laughs> I actually kind of do read it as the castle sort of rebelling against Umbridge. Like the, the castle refuses to recognize her as an actual authoritarian figure of the school because it's, it's still loyal to Dumbledore. That's sort of how I interpret it. I do feel like that's what's intended. Although I like the idea of her just not being clever enough. Yeah. Like, she just keeps shouting candies at it, like, hoping she's going to crack it. Yeah. <laughs> Every five candies she shouts, the door is like, you've been locked out of attempting that. You're trying that too much. Try again. <laughs> Hermione's talking shit about Umbridge. When Draco comes up and he takes a lot of points from Gryffindor, and it's, he's uh, in the Inquisitorial squad, so apparently he's allowed to do that, and he he takes, does anyone have the text right in front of him and like what he takes points for? The official snitch bitch squad? Like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, okay, yep, I got it. So, Granger, I'll have five from you for being rude about our new headmistress. Macmillan, five for contradicting me. Five because I don't like you, Potter. Weasley, your shirt's untucked, so I'll have another five for that. Oh, yeah, I oh forgot. You're a mudblood, Granger, for, so ten for that. Okay, so we have, like, two really vicious uses of this word in this chapter, which I don't love. Yeah. I think the other thing is, like, so much more, again, not to make the book movie comparison, but just Malfoy's just being, a like, a bully. Like, we know he's he goes through all that stuff in the sixth book, which is maybe his biggest moments, but you don't... I, don't, I feel like you don't see as much, particularly in the Order of the Phoenix movie of Malfoy just being a dickhead like just being a bully and here he just is being he is I don't want to say a four-letter word that starts with c but you know what it is 
and he you can say you can say cunt no, you I've can never... say cunt. I said it. Now you can say it. Isn't it like way more offensive to Americans? See, people, people like, from is. the UK and Australia are really afraid to say it to Americans. Yeah. <laughs> here's here's the thing. Is it much more offensive? Yes. Is it a thing that we've never said on this podcast before? No, we've absolutely okay. said it before. <laughs> it's good. not a big deal. Well, he's being a cunt. There, yeah, you go. <laughs> Was someone like the author of this series, like the word bitch doesn't carry enough meaning anymore. Like you really have to level that up. And like that woman is a cunt. You know what I mean? And I'm just like super desensitized to it in general from okay. living in Commonwealth country. Guys, we're all, it's good. All our podcasts are equally raunchy. Like we're on the same page. It's completely fine. Well, I, mine's not quite that raunchy because we didn't have a whole chapter about <laughs> Harry teaching Neville how to masturbate. Sucking a big old dick. We've talked about masturbation, but not given instructions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's pretty next level over on Harry Potter and the boys, but you got to do it. How, how else will we know about Neville's sex habits? <laughs> we need to know. The, the listeners need to know. Honestly, Order of the Phoenix, though, is I think Neville at his sexiest. When really? he's like really just like doing great for himself. Well, just, yeah, because he's like improving. He's like learning defense against the dark arts and he like gets mm. all like real about being like, yeah, bitch, like Voldemort's back. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna squat up. I'm gonna protect myself. Like he starts taking charge of everything. I don't know. Mm. And then he's like real sweet to his mom. I don't know. It's just, yeah. this is the hottest Neville it. is in the series. I get it. True, because he goes to the hospital. You, they see him at the hospital, don't they, yeah. in the book? Yeah. yeah, I and really she, like hands him a this one. gum wrapper and he like yeah. gently pockets it. Oh, very sweet. Anyway, um, so he takes literally 10 points from Hermione because she's a mudblood and he is like, now that Umbridge is in charge, things are going to be like changing around here. And that's what gives me this audacity. And that's like quite scary, I think, to read. I yeah. have an additional question, Re, the castle's acceptance of Umbridge. Okay. So if we're assuming that the castle locked her out of the headmaster suite, because it's like, no, you aren't. Are the like house point scales going rogue or do the house yeah, points are scale- automatic? Yeah. Is it like a Beauty and the Beast scenario where each part of the castle has its own slight consciousness <laughs> and it, they get to like choose? Oh, man, you would think that Hogwarts is like a unified being, you would think. Right. Yeah, it's its own conscious magic. Well, it's not conscious, but you know what I mean. It's one single entity. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like half of my brain is like being way too literal about it and being like, well, maybe because Malfoy is a prefect and he's allowed to take points from certain people like the house hourglass just doesn't know but then the other side of me is like, mm, maybe they, maybe the castle just thinks it's funny to do both. Maybe the hourglasses <laughs> are like rebelling. They're like, no, nah, we'll take her. Yeah, fuck it. Why not? <laughs> do you know how much work this woman is giving us? We've had the, this is the most purpose we've had in years. People give me giving That's points, true. taking points left and right. <laughs> also, what a change up that Slytherin's in the lead. <laughs> <laughs> how scales are in it for the drama? Harry Potter. He leaves wherever they are Brennan and George come up to him they describe how Montague tried to like pull this points thing on Fred and George but they shoved him into a vanishing cabinet which probably never comes up ever again so just like forget about it <laughs> like 
we don't have to worry about it. Not a big deal. It's completely fine. Can, can I, okay, sorry, not to un, unveil what you just said, but like, isn't that vanishing cabinet in the room of requirement? Yeah, it's in like a version of the room of requirement, right? Not no, the version Harry's using this year. Yes, room of requirement shifts. It's in the lost objects section. But I yeah, think it might objects. be moved there by Malfoy because he's the one experimenting with it to see if he can get people in or out. Right, because that oh. confused me because it said, I thought they said, oh, we put them in the vanishing cabinet in on the first floor. And I was like, oh, I thought oh, it yeah. was in the room of requirement. But maybe you're right that Malfoy yeah, actually brings it there. It. Yeah, yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, and, like, maybe you also don't remember. Oh, my God. All the Harry... It's the multiverse of madness. Like, I'm seeing all the Harry Potters in front of me, and I have no idea what book what I'm remembering is from. Maybe earlier in this book, maybe last book, Harry's, like, getting written up by Filch for something, and uh, nearly had this Nick, like, fucking, like, shoves a shelf and, like, breaks it, or shoves a cabinet and breaks it to, like, get him out of that. I think that is the same fucking vanishing cabinet. Oh, he broke it. He's the one that broke it. Cause yeah. Cause mm. Malfoy's the one repairing it. Yeah. And you know, I do think these little details are the things about like the attention to detail and those little references are what make this series so special. I think just that, you know, the vanishing cabinet doesn't come out of nowhere. It's been mentioned in a bunch of the books before. And I think that's just that continuity is really important. I agree. It especially delighted me, like, as a kid reading these. Like, it made me feel smart that I could mm. keep track of stuff. Maybe yeah. like, wait a second. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know if you guys ever read the book Holes by Louis Sacker. Oh, my God. Oh, so yeah. much. Yeah, yes. which I think is the foundation of kids reading a book that references back to everything that happens in oh the book. Oh, my God. Yeah. That book holds up so hard. Okay. As does the movie. Yeah, the movie's really great, too, oh. especially with the rapping they let Shia LaBeouf do at oh, the end. Yeah. <laughs> I could rap it for you right now if you wanted to, but I won't. Yes. No, yes. Give us a couple lines. <laughs> Drop some bars. Two suits, two tokens in hand. I got no respect because I'm the caveman. Mm. Uh, okay. That's sort of all I, I remember it. at the moment. <laughs> I love Something it. About Thank shoes you so full much. of sand. Actually, uh, yeah, that's right. And then there's Armpin. He's like, A-R-M-P-I to the T. What is that you smelling, dog? That's me. I don't take showers and I don't brush my teeth. That's all I do is eat, dig holes and sleep. And that kid, Zigzag, is doing the deep part. He's like, you got, got to go. go. Dig those holes. When that movie came out, I was like 14 and I was like, that guy's hot. And then, but then they've got Zero going, oh. Yeah. <laughs> if you ever do a review of Holes, I'd love to be part of that. One of our first Patreon bonus episodes of this show ever, maybe like number two or three, was sorting the Holes characters into Hogwarts houses. That is such a good idea for like a, a podcast. It's so easy. The sorting ceremony. There is a podcast. I think it's called Sorted. It, yeah, right. Unless I, I think it's literally called Sorted. They're on my guest crush list somewhere. They do exactly that. They take a different fandom every week and sort them. I've only done it for a couple. That's Holes, so good. Brooklyn Nine-Nine, fucking Bob's Burgers. Uh, that one's coming out in a couple months. What would Bob, Bob would so, absolutely be a Hufflepuff. No. Mm, Gryffindor? Mm, that's, not, that's not what we decided. Uh, okay, okay. 
I'll give this is our our only sneak peek until the Patreon bonus episode is a little as a five dollars a month. You can get our bonus episodes. <laughs> We sorted Bob into Ravenclaw because he oh. is really obsessed with like the art of the burger. He uh, he delights yes. in learning more about it and spending time in his craft. I like that. He's like the mad scientist Ravenclaw. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Fred and George are like, Harry fucking Potter, are you ready for some mayhem? Because we are literally trying to get expelled right now. <laughs> They're like, we have decided that our only way out of this mess is shenanigans. <laughs> shenanigans. They say phase one is about to begin. And Harry's like, I should get out of here. Yeah. Everyone does. Everyone that they were talking to is like, I have something to do in another room. Which good for them. I love Fred and George so much. I love that they have this reputation. I love that they have each other to like feel confident doing something really kind of like un unadvisable like this. But, like, it's so perfect. It's literally, though, like, the myth of, like, you know, like, uh, who is it? Bill Gates, like, dropping out of college because he already knew too much. Like, it's, it's that true. move. They're like, yeah, you have nothing left to teach us. We have all the foundation. We need to open a really good joke shop. We're going to go out on an advertisement. I think an important true. difference. Oh, my God. Well, but is it even a difference? I was going to say that people doing, like, tech startups in Silicon Valley have, like, angel investors. But then... Fred and George don't not have investors. Not that Harry asked for anything in return, but at least when they leave the school, they have like an actual functioning business with like an actual plan. And I love that for them. Entrepreneurs. I also love how they refer to it as phase one. Like it's, um, oh yeah, like they wrote it down a long time ago. Like it's the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> 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 like, so for, this is phase one. And then, you know, in phase two, we'll bring in some of the other products and stuff. <laughs> do you think that this plan would have gone down if they if umbridge had not occurred and they stayed at hogwarts for the full eight years do you think this would have been like their last week at hogwarts after they passed their final exam oh yeah that's mm. fun you do like a field day for the students mm -hmm. and you do some fireworks politely and stick around to clean them up yeah you know what i kind of thought about when i was reading this today is like i actually think dumbledore would have a real soft spot for Fred and George because, you know, yeah. Dumbledore grow like, and I think Dumbledore would have caught wind that this happened and he'd be like, Oh yeah, those, those guys were always going to do something like that. I'm happy. I'm happy. For them. Do you know what I mean? Like I reckon. Yeah. I think he'd be, I think that if they did this while he was just chilling as headmaster, he would take them into his office. He'd shake their hands. He'd be like, that was a pretty good bit of magic. And then he would very, very politely give them detention. Yeah. You know, like absolutely <laughs> like, enthused the entire time. And it would be like that teacher who's like, yeah, I've got to give you detention. Like, I love what you've mm -hmm. done. I, it's my responsibility. But <laughs> like, it, it is it is my headcanon that before Dumbledore died, he just wandered into Weasley's Wizard Weasley, Weezers and like surprised friend George and just looked around and maybe bought like a stink bomb or something. Oh my god, yes. I'm told you I'm reading Half Blood Prince right now and like there Dumbledore keeps being gone for long periods of time because he's wrapping up his life. Okay, right? He's like I'm going to die at this time. Yeah. What if one of the little trips he went on was to go visit Diagon Alley and visit Fred and George? Yeah, and I like the idea that like Fred and George see like their headmaster come in and they're like, "Oh my god, shit. Are we in trouble or something?" And it's like <laughs> and he's just like, "Hey guys, like I just I've heard about what you're doing. Think it's really cool." I'm going to pick cool. going to pick up a stink bomb. So thanks for that. <laughs> okay. I love that. 
Mike, I actually have a question. As someone yeah. who clearly connected with these books as a teen boy, yeah, what am I missing about the number of things that just smell bad in terms of this magical universe? Because like, even in this chapter, Filch is like, oh, you kids with your stink pellets. And I'm like, never once in my life have I been like, I would like to make this room smell bad as a prank. <laughs> um, people used to do it in high school. Yeah, I don't know. I don't actually, like... Did did you guys have? I assume you had whoopee cushions in America. What is a whoopee cushion? Oh, you don't have whoopee cushions. Oh, a whoopee cushion is like wait, that. Christina, are you fucking around? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what you guys have and don't have. I don't. I, <laughs> <laughs> like, I would love to hear someone explaining to someone for the first time what a whoopee cushion is. <laughs> Well, I was actually thinking about it. No, but like, I remember Whoopi. I think farts are just funny. Like, I just think farts are eternally funny. Okay. I can understand the inherent comedy in a fart. I don't agree with it, but I understand where other people connect to it. Well, and I think that the sound is funnier than the smell. That's what I'm saying. Uh, The the sound is the funny part of a fart. This is, this book has dung bombs and stink pellets. Which are mentioned repeatedly as a prank. Well, they're obviously two different kinds. Here's what I'm envisioning. A dung bomb <laughs> is something you put in the hallway and set off and run. And it like smells up the whole hallway. A stink pellet is something small that you can throw at an individual. You know what I mean? And it's like you're synced now. <laughs> That's how I... You know those little things you can throw? And when the they poppers. hit the ground, they explode slightly? Uh, yeah. I, I gotta say, I actually think... I definitely think the sound of a fart is funnier than the smell, but I do think there is humor in the smell because I think there's that whole thing of like, oh, who did that? That's gross. Like that, mm-hmm. that is such a moment, especially in school. There's just comedy <laughs> in whiffing a fart when you're in like year eight history class and like mm. having to determine who's done that fart without the teacher <laughs> getting annoyed. That's funny. So I think there is comedy in the smell if you open yourself up to it. (laughs) That's funny. I think that, like, I don't make a ton of fart jokes with my friends, you know, and then it's like, that's sad if I can't joke with my friends. But I do some fart jokes with my husband, my cats. You know, sometimes your cat's laying with their face right in your crotch and then you rip a fart and they are so unbothered. (laughs) Okay, great. Well, I'm glad that we finally had the big fart conversation on the podcast because this whole time I've been wondering, like, what makes a fart so funny? The pressure's really been building on that. Yeah, I'm going to let it rip soon. Okay, so Filch comes to fetch Harry because Umbridge has summoned him. And I this is so so cringe to bear witness to. Is she dumb? Is she, like, really stupid? She crafted herself a headmistress sign, like, overnight. Mm-hmm. She got out some gold paint and hand-lettered herself a headmistress. It was like a customizable, like, Target kit. And she just, like, did the stencils for the word headmistress instead of her name. (laughs) Got gold paint. It's literally a large wooden block with gold paint. I'm like, she just nipped down to the craft store. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so Umbridge sits Harry down, and she's like... Here, have some fucking tea. Well, no, she's like, what kind of beverage do you want? A tea, a juice, a water, a Bloody Mary, like a, a shot of whiskey, like whatever you want. Here it is. And he's like, obviously not. Yeah. Like, <laughs> why would I drink this? Give me one yeah. reason why I would drink and she's, this. She's like smiling at him. She's like, I like, that's what I'm asking. Like, is she... 
does she think she's being slick right now? Like, I don't, I never took her for like so stupid. I guess the thing is like, it's worked before. Cause like, isn't this how she got it out of, um, what's her name? Mary, Mary, Marietta. It's unclear if Umbridge hit Marietta with the Veritaserum, mm. but she has a precedent of doing it. But mm. at least Cho doesn't know if that's true because when Harry and Cho fight about it in whatever, is that in this chapter? Yes. Yeah. 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 She's like, well, you know, things have been really hard for her and like her dad works for her, whoever her parent works for the ministry. And so like Cho isn't like she was fucking pressured to under Veritaserum. serum. Like what's wrong with you? You know? And like, mm. she would probably have said that Mary, probably probably would have told her. Cause why wouldn't you? But she might not have known that she had been slipped Veritaserum because I think that's what, that's sort of like the charm of what. Oh my God. Umbridge and is she doing. Just really, she thinks she just narked like, so hard by accident like what <laughs> because it's like you know like just as harry's walked in like you walk in and she's like hey how are you have a tea come on i just want to oh chat to you like it's really the more i think about marietta the sadder i get for her like no part of she deserved to be not part of this book series like just yeah. go live your life girl <laughs> umbridge is like you actually must have a drink and so he asks for tea and like honestly harry's so dumb so much of the time that i love seeing him figure anything out and do anything about it. So he's like, this could be poison. (laughs) Funnily enough, he actually thinks of uh, Mad-Eye Moody. Mm -hmm. And like, he's like, oh, what would Moody think if I took a drink from one of my enemies? But the other thing I found (laughs) really funny about it is it actually says that like Umbridge like made a very deliberate and like, obvious thing of like, oh, just putting the milk in with with her yeah. back to it. So it's, it's like, like <laughs> she's trying to get him to call her out. Yeah. Like she maybe she has like a monologue prepared and he hasn't like said the right thing to activate the monologue. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's just like he he's seeing her like behind like getting like putting the milk in. She must be like getting a little vial and being like, yep, just putting the last few drops in and then turning around. There we go. Like it she's not she's not exactly making it uh She's not making it subtle that she's slipping something into the drink. No, no. She's really showboating it. Well, she also, like, I don't know how immediate Veritaserum has been proven to be in the books, but literally he takes one fake sip of tea and she's like, very good, enjoy that tea. Where is Albus Dumbledore? (laughs) I think it takes no more than, like, a minute because at the end of... The Goblet of Fire, they give Barty Crouch Jr. the Veritaserum, and he just starts. He monologues for the next 45 minutes. <laughs> that is true. So it's between one and 45 minutes, at least. But she literally just, like, <laughs> she's, like, immediately is, like, all right, mm-hmm. one sip of tea. Surely that's done it. Yeah. Spill your secrets. Not, <laughs> not even, like, yeah, not even, like, breaking the ice for a bit and just testing, like, rudimentary stuff to see if it's worked. Like... Oh, so you're in fifth year now? Yeah, I am. Yeah, can okay. you confirm the spelling of your name? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She's like, where's Dumbledore? I don't know. Mm, I think you do. Have another sip. <laughs> well, that's so the other stupid. thing. It's like, if she thinks it's worked and he says, I don't know, then why doesn't she go, ha, ah, dang it. I, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, wouldn't you drink just back more. off? Mm. She wants him to drink. She's like, drink it up, bitch. Um, and he's like, cool, yeah. And he's like, pressing his lipstick he's letting it like run down his <laughs> he's like mm, yummy tea she doesn't notice that i guess i don't know 
Um, he's handling it though, and I respect that for him for once. Well, and then he, she's like, he's like, I really don't know, and she's like, well, I guess it's worked. In that case, let's move on to point two. Where's Sirius Black? <laughs> <laughs> Harry's like, trust me when I say I don't know anything. Well, she talks about, she's like, I almost caught him in the flu network. And it's like, okay, you're not wrong, but that doesn't mean he has any idea of where he's coming from. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I don't know. Don't, look, Umbridge is not a smart lady. And like, she's not smart in such an aggressive way that like, you can't imagine anything that she has ever done in her life has worked out. Yeah, she's just like obtuse. Well, I think part of the reason she's, like, so off the rails here is because, like, I think this is literally the first time in her life she's been given any amount of responsibility and power. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that makes sense. She's received zero leadership training. <laughs> she's yeah, just, like, she's... failed her way to the top. Right. And now and someone's, has like, been giving her really mistress. good pay in Benny's for years now, so that's why she's loyal to him. Oh, my God, is this the case for Umbridge? I've never heard this in my life. <laughs> I, d- I don't think it, like, redeems her in any way, just the way I don't think that any of <laughs> okay. Snape's bullshit redeems him. I just do think that, like, she's got all the markings of someone who is, like, really running with her only opportunity to exert some power and impress her boss. Like, she is someone who has been in a cashier role at a Walmart for, like, her entire life, and someone has just promoted her to shift lead. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and she doesn't thrive. <laughs> no. Literally, her boss would basically, I mean, her boss is kind of off the rails too, but in a normal environment, her boss would have to sit her down and be like, okay, so you can't reject people asking off for Christmas just because you want to. I just always think about that Tywin Lannister quote where he says, like, any man who needs to shout that he is king is no king. And, like, Umbridge is just... Anyone who like- needs to hand letter a sign to say that she's headmistress <laughs> is not headmistress. That's exactly right. I'm going to hand letter that onto a sign, Brooke, because that was a good joke. <laughs> There's a loud boom. And Harry, she like looks, Umbridge looks at it. And Harry uses her distraction to pour his tea into the dried flowers. <laughs> They're screaming and running. And then Umbridge is like, go. And then she also goes, we all go. Someone, someone has set off like a giant crate of enchanted fireworks. It's, quote, pandemonium. <laughs> I think this whole moment here, and we like we know who who's done it in. And I, I haven't read this book in particular in a long time. So I was thinking in the movie, again, this is just a moment like it just this just sort of happens. And then friend George fly away. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But. In the book, it's, like, much more of, like, these firework dragons are just in the school for, like... It takes, like, so long for them to leave. Yeah. Whereas in the... Because they they still have their pond prank to play, too, which is, like, my favorite part of maybe the whole book series is the pond in the hallway. (laughs) Yeah. And so... But it's, like, interesting because these dragon fireworks are just flying around into classrooms and stuff, and then (laughs) it allows, like, the teachers to rebel against Umbridge, like... It's so empowering to everyone, like, truly. Yeah. Like, because Flitwick says, oh, I didn't know if I had the authority to remove them, Professor Umbridge, and stuff like that. And um, 
Yeah. So good. And it's, it's and when he says that, it says he's beaming and then he slams the door in her face. Yeah. Beaming. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, Umber, like when Fred and George first set these off, Umbridge tries to stun one and it comes like right for her. And I forget what they say, but they're like, if she tries this, they duplicate or like, if she tries to, if she tries to vanish them, they multiply by 10. By 10. So so I think Fred actually goes, I hope she vanishes them. Like he wants it to happen, (laughs) (laughs) which I'm surprised he doesn't shout out like, Try vanish vanishing them, Professor. <laughs> that might help. She probably would. Oh, and there's that. Okay, um, Filch is like running to Umbridge's aid, and Umbridge tries to um stun it, and it doesn't work. And then she's like, "God, Filch, don't fucking stun them." Mm. And Filch is like, "Right, you are, ma'am." And it, does she not know that he's a squid? Probably certainly not. Yeah, because I was hasn't noticed. I was gonna say like it's really interesting that um, Mr. Filch is so like enamored by Umbridge because Umbridge would hate someone like him. Umbridge hates like people like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, surely she does not know because she would also he would be on her shit list if she knew. Mm, exactly. So I just I just thought it was really interesting that like he's so because he must know that she's anti like muggle-born she's anti squib she's anti non-human like i just find it found that interesting it's because she's promising him shit like not asking questions yeah like i think if she's the general manager he's the assistant to the general manager (laughs) yeah (laughs) he's the dwight Mm -hmm. guys my husband just brought me a french fries from mcdonald's nice not that many just a little snick snack their Happy Meal sized fries is the exact right amount of fries. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I'll, have, I'll have a heart attack otherwise. <laughs> the fireworks just live here now. It's great fun, as we mentioned. <laughs> like, I love it so much. They, s- they, they seem to not be hurting anybody at all. No, everyone's just really enjoying the fact that they're there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're fun. They're fun to watch. Uh, they The book, I liked this term. Uh Harry wonders how Fudge would react when he heard that the school had spent most of the day in a state of advanced disruption. Advanced disruption. (laughs) And that's kind of what it is. Like, outside of them, like, going after Umbridge, the fireworks aren't bothering anyone. They're just very disruptive. Very distracting. (laughs) Yeah. Even if they're not in the class you're in, you're still just waiting for them to roll in. You know what I mean? Send the fireworks. So, okay, so it's it's empowering and energizing everyone, including Hermione. She's like, guys, what if we didn't even do any homework tonight? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ain't no party like a Hermione Granger party, man. <laughs> like, have you guys ever been enabled so easily? Like when Sean's like, should I just get McDonald's for dinner? And you're like, yes. <laughs> I was just waiting for you to ask. That's, yeah. That's so funny. Also, in Australia, we just call them chips, by the way, not fries. Oh, yeah, I know. Just I know, chips. but chips are something else. Chips are crisps. Chips nah, are we crisps. Call, we call crisps chips as well. We call any, any potato-based <laughs> snack just chips. It's all chips. It's all a chip. I mean, I get it. A potato's a potato. Yeah, exactly. Mm. But chips and chips are different. Chips and chips are different, but I would take either. That if I asked for chips and I got chips, I'd be mad. 
Well, you're right about that. You're right about that. I've been in that position before. They're like a dollar extra for chips instead of chips. And you're like, what? (laughs) (laughs) On their night off homework, they all go to bed. Guess what? (laughs) Guess what Harry Potter is dreaming about, guys? He's dreaming about the the Department of Mysteries, isn't he? Just a corner. Oh my god, whoa. What a surprise. But I love how he lets it he lets it all in. Cause doesn't he say, like when he wakes up, oh no, like Snape's gonna be so angry with me if he <laughs> learns that I just like like he knows it's dangerous, but he's like, oh, I just have to find out about this. So he just does I it. I kind anyway. of get that. I feel like almost nothing Harry Potter does make sense to me, but wanting to know how the dream ends does make sense to me. Mm. Yeah, true. Um, we also get one very important development about the fireworks right now, which is that a Catherine wheel, which do we want to define mm. that? Did you Google it or have you not Googled it yet still? Catherine Mike, did you know Zeta what a Catherine Jones. wheel was? Is this an American thing or is this? A- no, okay. I have no idea what a Catherine. Okay, it's a rock is. band. It's a rock band. I saw starters. that as well. No, you have to look <laughs> up fireworks. Okay, so a Catherine wheel is like a really High energy bananas like spiraling uh, like out of this world. Oh my gosh, firework. they're so intense. It's like, like a what? pinwheel on it's fire. It's a pinwheel. It looks like the sun, but not nearly as much as the sun. But it's also it's also a torture device, apparently. Whoa. What does it do as a torture device? Um used for public execution and it breaks bones of a criminal or by bludgeoning them to death. I think you put someone's like, you put someone in it and you turn the wheel and their bones just. Oh, I feel like I've seen that in like Princess Bride or something. Mm. Something like that. I thought that was the rack. The rack like stretches them. Is this like It's a- two different things. Princess Bride is the rack, but in something like that, I've seen a Catherine wheel. Is it like a, like the wheel? Like Wheel of Fortune wheel, but it's just hitting them in the head every time they go by? Possibly, yeah. (laughs) You said bludgeoning, I'm just assuming. While I'm here, I'd like to buy a vowel. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, but a a Catherine wheel is also like a fucking wheel. (laughs) Like a really regular wheel you'd see on like a wagon. (laughs) Like a wooden wheel. Okay, wow. We're well, learning so much. In this much book, about a Catherine, Catherine wheel right hits a rocket and it makes fireworks that are flying pigs. Love that. So the fireworks are able to mate, <laughs> as the book calls it, which I'm glad it's not actual Seamus, mating. That's what F- Seamus Finnegan calls it. I'm imagining two dragon fireworks fucking on the Hogwarts lawn. <laughs> <laughs> and Gryffindor Tower's like, wow, neat. Harry just starts explaining gently to Neville what's going on. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so the next day, Cho fucking Chang, like she's even part of this plot anymore, corners Harry Potter (laughs) as he's trying to walk to Clemency. She's like, sorry about Marietta, but she's my bitch and you can't say a word against her. And Harry Potter's like, well, I think she's a fucking bitch. (laughs) Okay, I think Harry Potter is being pretty harsh here, especially since he just got targeted with the Veritas serum. Like, mm. the book, the the author just a joke rolling, put these two things next to each other so we would be like, oh, but Harry can't do it. <laughs> or he can't do the maths. He's too emotionally 
emotionally charged <laughs> in this. He's just a big dumb dummy dumb. Like he can't he doesn't even have like the marginal amount of empathy to be like, huh, if this happened to Ron, how would I feel? Mm. Yeah, exactly. And, and, actually, no, and he tries to act like he does. He's like, but Ron. Yeah, because she's like, oh, her mom works for the ministry. Ron's, like, Ron's dad works for the people, ministry. Though. He didn't go and blab. And you're like, Ron's dad is locked in a closet looking at doorknobs. Let's not yeah. pretend that these <laughs> two are equivalent. So Marietta is in the hospital wing missing school because of what happened to her, perhaps under coercion. Mm. Cho is like defending her. Harry, okay, she's like, that was a really bad thing your friend Hermione did. And Harry's like, I think it's genius. And like, it's actually not that genius, but it is pretty horrible if you ask me. I don't think it's that genius. Cho Chang is like, oh yeah, I forgot it was your darling fucking Hermione. And Harry says, don't start crying again. Ah, uh, is my favorite line. <laughs> Why? Why? <laughs> I, I actually did think it was um interesting that she brought up Hermione because it's like, clearly Cho has some lingering jealousy that Harry might be more into Hermione than her. Yeah, it all stems from their horrific Valentine's Day date in Hogsmeade. Oh, right. Because that, that went so poorly because Harry was like, I need to meet Hermione at noon. And Cho Chang was like, oh, yeah, I guess you can leave our date to meet fucking Hermione at noon. Mm. And Harry was like, Hermione said it wouldn't matter if you came. And Cho was <laughs> like, oh, fucking thanks, I guess. <laughs> oh, my God. It's just the worst. Their whole thing is just the worst. Yes. Cho does get, I think, uh, a pretty good line, though, here, because Harry's being an angsty little bitch being like, I've got enough to cope with at the moment. And Cho goes, go cope with it then. <laughs> and, and she walks away. Yeah, she's love like, that for her. I don't have time for your whiny bullshit. <laughs> I love that for her. She's busy helping her friend Marietta fucking cope. Okay, great. So it's a perfect time for an occlumency lesson. Mike, can you say that word for me? Which one? The one, the O word. Which one? Oh, occlumency. Occlumency. Wait, how you say, Brooke? I always went with occlumency. I always went with occlumency. Oh, we're seeing where does the, that's the, I guess that's the question. Okay. I'm asking everyone. I would say occlumency. I no longer know how I would organically say it. Has Christina left us aggressively? Christina has become so angry at the occlumency, occlumency drama that she has actually frozen now you're back now christina oh my god that's unusual that must be because my husband's streaming something on television (laughs) maybe it's because he brought you chips (gasps) it could be that yeah i always pronounced it like clemency with an uh like oh yeah that makes sense a clemency what's the like latinate breakdown of it what's the root word Oh, cer- certainly occult is in there, right? Like, see, I think it's oc like like an eye doctor is an optometrist, and you get like an oc like an Oculus headset that's related. You know what I mean? True. I thought it might be in edameonline.com, which is one of my favorite websites, but it's actually not in there. Usually, even the divination terms are like. Actual words that exist. Apparently, it comes from the Latin word occludere, 
meaning to shut oh. up, and mens for mind. So it's like to shut your mind. Okay, well, that makes perfect sense. Mm. <laughs> so then it would literal. be a clemency. Possibly, yeah. Hmm, okay, I'm still just going to say it in between or like vacillating between the two. Oscillating, That's fine. not vacillating. <laughs> okay, Malfoy bursts in to the room and Snape is like, don't worry about Potter. He's here from remedial potions. And Malfoy's like, I'm always worried about Potter. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite part of the remedial potions thing is you know that Snape intentionally decided that was the cover story just to fuck with Harry, right? Mm-hmm. Like, sure. surely. It could be detentions. Harry's like, everyone thinks I'm a big dumb idiot. Well, I mean, with Snape's bullying, he does not do well in this class, so. You know what else I think is funny about it is, like, they're clearly not doing potions. So <laughs> it's like. <laughs> no. it, that's true, too. <laughs> They've got their wands pointed at each other. Yeah, and then Malfoy actually, like mouths remedi- was it remedial potions to him yes. like behind Snape's back is like I'm gonna tell everyone about this yeah but then I just feel like Harry would be like well he was lying we're actually doing secret classes to help me be a stronger wizard so sorry mate <laughs> and, like Malfoy would hate that Malfoy if anything it feels like in a way Snape was trying to help Malfoy's ego because like, if if Malfoy knew Harry Potter was doing secret classes with Snape to be a stronger wizard, he would he would absolutely be livid. See, I'm just assuming that it's got to be, like, I think that no one would believe that Snape was trying to help Harry even a little bit, even once ever. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Like, it's got to be something where it's like, I guess I'm giving you remedial potions classes so that you don't kill us all. Mm, This is so bad. Um, Okay, so Malfoy person, because Umbridge found Montague stuck in a toilet and needs Snape's help. And Snape is like, I'm on it. (laughs) How did the toilet happen? Surely the vanishing cabinet didn't vanish him into a toilet. It's broken. Yeah. And and it's been like a couple weeks. So we're assuming he's been stuck in a toilet for weeks? No. Or like in between. I think it even specifically says that he's like in between. Yeah, because I think like because the cabinet's broken and the other one is in Borgen and Burks, it's like trying to get him to Borgen and Burks, but he sort of gets stuck in some weird cabinet limbo. And like then it's just like, we don't know what to do with this. So it just goes toilet and just like, flushes him out into there, I think. I don't know. It's just magic. (laughs) In the books, we see this happen to Montague, and then, and, like, he's in between the cupboards or whatever, and, like, he can't land anywhere. All we hear is, like, these vague things about the cupboard, the cabinet. Like, we don't actually see anything because we're with Harry. So, like, we don't actually see anything. It's the movie that is, like, Draco Malfoy is like doing all these tests with these birds and it's fucking killing them. So my headcanon is that the birds are fine. They just get sent to some crazy wonderland and they just like flutter away and they're like, oh my God, where am I? I'm in a totally different part of the world. (laughs) Or they're just all going to the same toilet for a toilet party. (laughs) Okay, so Snape is like, all right, we'll do our lesson tomorrow. He runs out. Harry Potter, Harry fucking 
Potter. Harry fucking Potter is like, oh, is that pensive? I just love this because it just, again, it just shows how fucking, like, brazen and rebellious Harry is. Where he's like, oh, I don't know. What, there, there could literally be anything on the other <laughs> side of this pensive. There could be... Like a memory of Snape losing his virginity for all he knows, but he's just like, or like something way worse than that, like a sexual assault or something. You know yeah, what I mean? like, like it yeah. could be murder. anything. A murder. He was a whole Death Eater for like a minute. Surely yeah. there's a murder in there, or like Snape's foot fetish or something. Like I don't know. Mm-hmm. And then he's just it like, could yeah. be a lot. He's like, fuck it, I'll I'll take a look. You might might be useful <laughs> to me. I'll dip dip my head in, dip my feet in, it, so it, to it speak. <laughs> It just so happens to be like so relevant to Harry and his life and and like what he wants to learn about. Yeah, it was the specific memory for Harry. Is that like <laughs> is that how it works with a with a pensive? Is it like there's just one memory in there at the time or like could it have just been any random one of Snape's memories? I think it could have been any of them. So it doesn't imply that Snape was revisiting that memory before Harry got there. Oh, I interesting. I kind of thought maybe yeah. Snape was like, oh, I've got to see Potter tonight. I used to hate his dad. I'm going to watch that memory. <laughs> like, <laughs> pull it up on the TV. <laughs> yeah, pull it up on the big screen. I think the wilder thing is that he takes out high school bullying so Harry can't access that, but he leaves in childhood abuse trauma. No problem. But wait, so when you, and choose. when you take a memory out and put it in a pensive, is that actually removing it from your oh actual God. brain? Uh, yes. I, I feel like I just, because when I was reading this, I was like, there's no way. It doesn't, to me, it doesn't seem like the memory's gone. No, like, yeah. He's it, like, I know exactly what's in there. Like, I, I, it just seems weird to me. Like the whole, hey, guess what? It's like kind of soft magic. Like it doesn't add up. Like it makes no sense to me. I But then you think of Slughorn in the next book because he takes it out, but it's the it's like he's given his memory to Dumbledore, but it's like a manipulated memory, but he still has mm-hmm. the original one in there. Yeah, so like I, he knows what's in there. So I never, yeah, I never thought of it like that. I just it's, thought it was a way you could revisit unclear. them outside of your own head. Yeah. Doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Um, it's not that fucking clear. Okay, get used to it. Okay, so we're in Snape's memory now. No, here's my question. <laughs> I remembered the question I wanted to ask. Here's the fucking question. Harry fucking Potter is like, yeah, I'll dive right into that pensive, but he doesn't know how to get out of a pensive. Like, he doesn't know how to get out. <laughs> He's never done it before. He has no idea. That you come true. in through the sky, and you go out through a sky. So I'm assuming the way that you get out is you just put your arms up like Superman and jump real hard. <laughs> yeah, you just jump. <laughs> Use a levitating charm on yourself and just go up to the sky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's always like they're pulling, Dumbledore and Snape both, it's like they're pulling on him. So maybe it's true. You just go up. Maybe but you're trapped in is, there until the memory ends, unless someone well, like takes you out of it. You have to crop it like a video clip. Yeah, but it's funny because he does weigh up like the time risk. He's like, "Do I have time to take a peek in here? Is Snape gonna go to the hospital wing? Is he gonna come straight back?" And like, the thing is, he has no idea how long this memory could possibly be. But he's just like, "Yeah, I'll just, I'll, I should have time." 
Like, what if this, it's like a whole day of of terror? Like, yeah, what if exactly. it takes forever and he doesn't know how to get out? Yeah. Like, it's just, this is such a risky move, but he just doesn't. Like, I do think maybe because of all the trauma Harry has had as a kid, he just never sort of learnt, like, proper, like, risk assessment and, like, um, I don't know, just just being able to analyse situations properly because he's always just so stupid like this. Well, I th- I totally agree because I think that with stuff like this, he's really reckless, but then with certain things, in ter- like he has that line where he's like, I wish I could give the Weasleys some of my money, but they would never take it and I'm not going to fucking ask because I don't know how to. Mm. So it's like some things he's like, I do not, or like even talking to Cho on their date, he's like, I do not know what to do here, so I'm going to do nothing. But then other <laughs> times he jumps in head first to stuff, like arguing Literally with head Cho. first, yeah. Or this fucking pensive. He goes, we're, we're in Snape's memory now, guys. Great. Just great. This is just where I wanted to be. Now, it's can, the owls. Can, oh, go ahead. Can I just make a statement about why this moment of the Harry Potter books is probably one of my favorite moments in the books? And I know it's yeah. pretty obvious, but just to like put my own words to it is like what you see in this chapter, and it actually says it at the end of the chapter, is that. Like, it just totally warps the reality of what Harry thought was true. And he sees that his dad and Sirius were pretty, like, particularly his dad, were really arrogant bullies. Like, almost like Malfoy. Like, not in the same way, but they were bullies. And they bullied... Kind of in the same way, well, though. Yeah, very actually, similar way. Probably worse. Like, Malfoy never fucking levitates Harry and, you know tries to take his pants off and stuff. And it's like, and then you see Snape and you see him for like a really vulnerable kid. Who's like, he's not that attractive. Like he's described as having like greasy hair and like, he's not, he's not an attractive kid. A lot of teenagers have greasy hair. Okay. I still have dirty underpants though. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The dirty underpants kind of get me, but it, but it doesn't say dirty. It says graying. Like maybe he doesn't have a lot of money. Yeah. I thought it was. Yeah. But then just like, you know, James's brashness and overconfidence and arrogance, and he is a bit of an asshole. And maybe that does harken back to Malfoy at the start of the chapter. Like, maybe that's why that was there, because it's just like... For sure. It's yeah. like, remember how much bullies suck? Yeah, <laughs> and I I just think, like, you, uh, there's so much characterization, and we will get to it, but, like, so much... You see Lupin there, and Lupin is just sort of, like the silent bystander. He doesn't really participate and he sort of doesn't focus on the bullying, but he knows it's happening. And then you see Peter Pettigrew, who's like, you know, lapping at James, throwing the snitch or whatever in the air and catching it. And mm-hmm. there is just so much characterization of, of all of these boys. And I just think it, this is just one of the, because as the reader as well, you see that Harry's dad was not, a great dude at school. Yeah. And yeah. I just, I think that's really important. I think it, it also calls into question Harry's hero worship of Sirius, mm. mm-hmm. you know, because we see Sirius as like an aggressor at worst and an enabler at best in yeah. this kind of bullying. Especially when he's like trying to cope. Oh no. 
I was about to say trying to cope with his death because I've been reading Half Blood Fruits, but that hasn't happened yet. Just go and He's still cope. Alive. <laughs> um, nothing. It's just okay. So let's let's go through it. It's owls. There's Snape. There's James, Sirius, Lupin, Wormtail. Okay, we're all taking the owls. The reason we start here is so we can like look at them while they're just sitting there. I guess I don't know, man. You could have just started this scene down by the lake, but like whatever. Just want nice long descriptions of everybody's features. Yeah, really lean into it. It's the book's only eight hundred and seventy pages long. Like you have. <laughs> um, I do have one thing that I noticed painfully during reading this chapter because they describe the fact that like right. Harry looks, it's like it's a copy of his face, but the eyes are different. And then he sees mm. his mom and he's like, ah, there are my eyes. And I realized that I gave birth to a Harry Potter because my daughter looks exactly like my husband, but with my eyes. And that's it. Aww. And eyebrows. And eyebrows. She also goes all the way up. Her, those eyes go all the way up, baby. Not the color, just the shape. <laughs> they be looking at you like you're stupid. <laughs> Um, the, okay, so the test is over, the Marauders walk outside, they're, like, talking about the exam. I'm a little confused, actually, because someone explained this to me, because they take the exam, Mm -hmm. and Professor Flitwick, a young, hot Professor Flitwick, is like, Accio (laughs) exam. We don't know that. Well, it's implied. (laughs) He's like, he's like, Accio exams, and they all, like, fly at him. And then, like, all of these people also leave with an exam. What is the, happening? They, he collects the answers, and they take the question sheet out with them. Why are they allowed what? to take the question sheet out with them? I think they're having this test all at once on the same day. I don't think there's a need to stagger. What if you give it to someone, like, next year or something? I don't know. Like, I'm to, like, see- assuming they adjust the questions. Yeah, they write new exams every year. I but mean, yeah, that's the way they point. do the SATs or whatever. Yeah, but do they let you walk out with the SATs? Yeah, they release. I mean, no, but that's because of the way the booklet's created. But they, I mean, and that's because they're staggering the test. They give SATs for multiple, Mm. the same SAT multiple times in the same year. Okay, I buy this, but reluctantly and grumpily. (laughs) I guess my weirder thing is why would they care about keeping it? Like, what are you going to do? Go back and reread the test for funsies? Yeah, I guess you're right. I guess I'm used to like more than me is taking this test. Hey, one one more point of characterization I missed as well that I really liked was um Peter Pettigrew doing the exam. Um, he was like looking really nervous, biting his fingernails, and like trying to get glimpses of the person next to him's paper. Mm-hmm. Again, just like little things like that that are really revealing and telling of their of those characters and those traits. And I think that consistency is just really well written. Yeah, it's the kind of thing where, like, I feel like at the time they were like, LOL, he, like, cheats. That's so funny. We're mm. all kind of assholes. But, like, long term, it turned into, like, a really bad dude. Yeah. Well, and I also like that, I do like that James is doodling Lily's initials on the freaking desk, I'm guessing, or exam mm-hmm. booklet, whatever. Yeah, well, but the he, exam. It's the exam. Because um, he, he was he was doodling L.A., right? Yeah, Lily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and Harry was yeah. like, whatever could that be? Yeah. <sighs> Must be a spell. <laughs> He's such a dodo. It's like, that is your mom. That's your mom. Moms don't have last names. <laughs> They're just mom. <laughs> so the Marauders walk down to the lake. They're chatting. James is like casually playing with a snitch. 
Not I casually. Hate this guy. James is playing with the snitch the same way Pointedly. one dude learned how to like spin a basketball on his finger. You know what I <laughs> yes. mean? Yes. yes. Yeah. It's definitely like I hate this guy so much. <laughs> like the way that these books portray him, I'm like, there's nothing to 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 make me like this character. He is literally like the classic American jock bully kind of character you see yeah. in every like high school movie. Did your schools have lax bros? Like lax lacrosse bros. players? No, lacrosse is very not very big in Australia. That's fair. We have rowing, like we do rowing too. Yeah. yeah. But the the but rowers like, lacrosse were- is more, I think. I think the rowers were sort of that kind of style of person. I mm. I call out the Lax Bros specifically for two reasons at this juncture. One, they're like infamous <laughs> for having like a specific type of long, messy hair. Um, and then yep. two is they carry their fucking lacrosse sticks around with them, just like twisting them back and forth because that's how you like run with a lacrosse ball. And they they would literally come into every single class of the whole day just, like, with their stupid fucking (laughs) lacrosse sticks. Just back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And then they would, like, get out in the hall and they would, like, throw it in the air and catch it and then throw it in the air and catch it. And Like, Like, don't sports right in front of my face, dude. Like, I'm uh, trying to go to school here. Well, also, like, they don't... And they don't have any, like, consciousness of where they are in space. They become, like, a toddler where they're just, like, running through a grocery store and they don't care if they hit people. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and that's the energy I get from this scene. Like, if there was someone in the way between that snitch and James, he would have simply run over them. <laughs> uh, okay, so they're, he's being annoying. Serious, serious fucking black. It says twice in the text how hot he is. <laughs> yeah, it does, does specifically call that out. He's hot and he's bored. And so they decide to pick it's on my Severus type. Snape, who is just sitting there. It's bad and it's hard to watch, if God. you ask me. It literally sucks because he's literally like, I'm bored. And James is like, cool, there's that dude we pick on. Yeah. And Sirius is like, oh, great. I was going to be sitting here in this beautiful day at the lake with my friends with nothing to do. That's why you always bring a book, Sirius. <laughs> a book could have prevented this <laughs> anything could have prevented this a, a four day game of risk could have prevented yeah. this <laughs> okay so it's just bad I don't even did I write okay so okay so James disarms Snape and then and then Snape's doing a lot of like profanities and hexes but it doesn't matter because he doesn't have his wand so then James does a spell to wash Snape's mouth out with soap. Okay. So I'm just going to, like, go through it quickly. Like, we don't need to linger on this. Um, Lily I, comes over to try, try... What? You want to linger? I have a lightning question. <laughs> okay. Okay. So we don't get any sp- uh, particular profanities here. It's just that he starts screaming profanities. We are also mm-hmm. told that some of the fireworks, the sparklers of the fireworks, spell out profanities. That's included in this chapter as well. But then the only sparkler we see spelling something is just the word poo. Poo. (laughs) That's right. That actually took me by surprise. (laughs) Me too. I'm like, I don't know that I consider that a profanity. And I would like (laughs) to. That's an example. (laughs) So I'm I'm just imagining in this scene, Snape starts screaming like, you poopy poop heads, you poo de poo poos. (laughs) 
That's why they wash his mouth out with soap. No, it's bad. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's bad. It's bad. It's bad. Lily comes over to try to get James to stop bullying Snape. Okay, great. Instead, James fucking Potter hangs Snape upside down and reveals his underpants, which I think is sexual assault. So is this positing that no one wears pants under their robes? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, I've tried to imagine how turning him upside down reveals the undies. It's got to be. Maybe he's wearing a skirt and, like, no hate. (laughs) Probably not. But maybe. I feel like it's just a no pants only robes scenario. (laughs) So is that the joke? They're like, LOL, you're upside down and it's. (laughs) You don't have any pants like the rest of us. Do we know that the rest of of them are wearing pants? (laughs) Is it canonical in this series that you wear pants under your robes? That is what I'm asking. (laughs) That's what we need to know. It says on the train that they change into their robes, but they do it all in the room together. So it it has to be like an overtop situation, I feel like. But if the robes are like billowy enough, you could put it over top and then take pants off from underneath them without <laughs> revealing yourself. Oh my god, don't take the <laughs> pants off. That's all I have to say. <laughs> I think as well, though, on a more serious note, you just again see it's sort of maybe the first time you see Snape as a vulnerable and, yeah, bu- bu- a-, a victim. You see Snape as a victim. It, like, I-, I still think this is really poignant because it's like it just flips everything on its head and you kind of see, one, why Snape hates Harry so much, like, even more than you had before. And, two, like, you, you feel a bit of – you feel a shred of sympathy for him in this moment because, really, he wasn't – this was unprovoked. Like, he was just sitting there – and now he's For being sure. bullied and mocked. And this is a tr- this is a traumatic moment. Like, th- this would be traumatizing for anyone to go through. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that this is, like, a perfect example of it's an explanation of Snape's behavior. It's not an excuse for the behavior. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, I totally see where you're coming from, but you just have to be the adult in this relationship. Why totally. are you treating him like this? Totally. Yeah. Um, it, you do feel definitely feel for him. This is probably the only moment that I really feel for him. Mm. James literally like does not relent. Lily tries to fight him. And then Snape calls her a mudblood. So she's like, well, fuck you, too. And I hope I hope it just it doesn't say, but I hope that she's just flipping them both off <laughs> with one with either hand as she walks away. But I think the part of this that surprised me so much is like how much Lily dislikes James as well and that they do end up getting married which maybe I suggests that he really uh you know yeah no, I don't get it about James but I get it about like really not vibing with someone and then later being like wait you know what I actually really connect with you um, I guess it implies good. like James like maybe mellowed out a bit but I mean the the timeline between this moment and them dying is not that long. It's like four years. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. It's like there's <laughs> a rapid escalation of this yeah, relationship. It changes quickly. And then there's nothing more fucking annoying than the fact that he calls her Evans. What a jock fucking move to yeah. call her by her it's, last name. I don't like it. And Ugh, that's where I, I hate it. that's where I find it um a little bit off that she was so hard on James in this moment. Also, one more thing I thought was actually really bad in this chapter is when uh, Lupin comes out of the exam and they're talking about werewolves on the exam. And he's like, one, he's sitting in my seat. Two, 
He's me. Like, I just thought it was. I just it's thought, so nerdy. It's really it's cute. So, uh, I just thought it was dumb. This whole scene is like does not do Lupin service as a character because he's just like letting it happen, which is something that he's admitted to as an adult. Mm. So I don't know. I just like that he's nerdy and awkward, but <laughs> not a good Gryffindor if you're not standing up for what's right. And that's the thing is like, I guess. Gryffindor house has come a long way. Am I saying that correctly? Like Harry and Ron are like way better brave people than James and Sirius and Lupin. Yeah. Because they're I, they're being bullies. Was Sirius was never. a Slytherin, I thought. No, not No, Sirius not was Harry. Gryffindor. He's the only one. Notably not. Okay. So Notably not. Do Harry and Ron ever bully anyone, do you think? In this series? Wow, what a question. I think that Harry bullies Draco for sure. It's a back and forth thing. Yeah. Uh, especially like the more farther along you read. Ron bullies little kids sometimes just like sort of indiscriminately in like a bit of a harmless way. Yeah. Like, when he's a And prefect. picks on Ginny a bit. Certainly Colin Creevy was bullied. Yeah. I guess I think with Harry and Malfoy, I see it a bit different because the power dynamic doesn't seem as skewed like it feels like they yeah. both have as much power and respect as each other in terms mm-hmm. of from whereas the snape thing just feels like one it's right. four against one two snape is clearly like a lonely vulnerable person um, yeah but he's yeah. just like so just sitting there that's why this is so hard to watch okay mm. anyway fucking enter snape the the other snape um okay so Harry wasn't even thinking about this. He wasn't even like, I wonder if I don't know how to get out and Snape has to come get me. He's just like (laughs) watching this scene. He's like obsessed. Snape is livid. Wouldn't you be? Oh, absolutely. Like he's such an invasion of privacy. Yeah. I have an additional pants question. (laughs) 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 Because this scenario ends with like James is like, why is she a bitch? And Sirius is like, because you're an asshole. And James is like, that does track. And then it ends with him saying, who wants to see me take off Snively's pants? Mm-hmm. But we've already indicated his underpants. that his underpants. It's the underpants. Yeah, I think that's it, the thing. Sometimes it like, it like people... leaves it open ended. Mm. It could have gotten worse after this. It could have gotten so much worse after this. Did he get Snape's dick out? Is that what we (laughs) missed? That's fucked up. I'm, like, worried about it. Like, that's fucked up, like, unequivocally. Like, is that the next part of this memory? I'm sad. I'm packing another bowl. Can I put um, another funny image into your head? Don't you think it's funny how when you're in a pensieve, like, are you, is Harry just there in the office in real time with his head in the pen seat? Like, like, could, yeah. like, do you know what I mean? Like, is he just like. I imagine his whole body goes. No, okay. I, no, it is, it is <laughs> canonical that it's just like you dunk your head in and then it, like your spirit you leaves your like, body like a Looney Tunes <gasps> cartoon. Yeah, because Snape's I able to, it says Snape that. just grabs him sort of by the scruff of the neck. So it just yeah. like. I guess for the duration of that memory in real time, you're just standing there. So, like, even when Dumbledore's rewatching a memory, he's just sort of like, <laughs> well, you can like make blowing it, bubbles. You can- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they can make it like um, stand up like a hologram. 
they do right. that. No, it, or is that no, in the No, that's a movie only? memory. They don't do that in the books. In the books, you simply <sighs> must dunk your head in the baptismal font. It's the only yeah. way. <laughs> Wait, what was the thing in the movies where they make it stand up? It's, um, it's not Help Me on Obi-Wan Kenobi or My Only Hope. It's not that. <laughs> wrong, wrong fandom. Um, I forget. He's watching something. I really forget, but Dumbledore at some point is watching like his pensieve and there's like a 3D like oh, scene in it. Right, right. In the movie somewhere. Yeah. I think it's when they were talking Wars. about the slughorn memory. Because he and Harry are watching mm-hmm. it together and I think he's doing it a stand up mm-hmm. thing. Well, only time will tell. We'll find it eventually. Yeah, I do like the idea of someone just like limp. <laughs> I like to imagine they go fully limp. Just hanging just... in water. <laughs> okay, so Snape pulls him out. He's mad. He's shaking Harry. He's throwing Harry to the ground. He's dismissing Harry. He's saying never come back. And he's throwing things at Harry. Which all of which I do I do get it. In this moment, I under, this is the only time I think Snape's behavior is completely Explainable and justified. It's justified. Really? I would never react. I would never react this way, but but I think that invasion of privacy is extremely fucked up. And Harry did it like so openly and like shamelessly. He's like, "I'm gonna look at your memories you're trying to hide from me, bitch." That's you know what? Fucked up. <laughs> I'm gonna take the opposite approach. I actually think this is a rare moment where the movie is better. Because in the, well, firstly, in the movie, it's not a pensive; it's actually a response to the to the spell. Yeah. And then mm. after it, I mean, I just think I can't imagine Snape throwing shit at Harry and like yelling at him. Harry Snape just grabs him by his neck, like by the clothes at his neck, and he just goes, "Get out!" And you can kind of feel all of that, like exposure and vulnerability and like anger, all in those two lines. And maybe that's just a uh, uh, credit to Alan Rickman. But I was going to say, I think like at every turn, Snape is a better person in the movies. Like at every yeah. turn, it's like easier to root for him in the movies because of Alan Rickman. But mm. the book character is a fucking dick. Mm. <laughs> I just feel like if someone, if I like walked in and someone who I didn't like was sitting on my couch reading my diary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. True. I would probably... Like, what the like, fuck I don't, are you doing? Yeah. yeah, I would be like, get the whole fuck out of my house. What in the actual hell are you doing? Like, I I, I get it. You know what I mean? Like, it's not yeah. like... That's like a huge invasion of privacy, and it's so deliberate. It's right, so exactly. deliberate. It's literally Harry sat there and was like, I think I have enough time to go poking through Snape's mm. memories. But that being right. said, I mean, Snape has made no secret of telling Harry about how much of a dickhead his father was. So it's like, I guess maybe he... That's a he, good point. But, it, but I guess he just didn't want to see Harry to see him being humiliated in this way. Like, I guess yeah, like... Yeah, it's bad. I also think that because the first thing he asks is like, are you enjoying yourself? And I think he thinks that because Harry doesn't like him that he might be doing it for pleasure. You know what I mean? Like that he's doing this intentionally and enjoying Deliciously, it. yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I'm not sure in the book, but definitely in the movie as well. I know this is more about the books, but definitely in the movie, you you do kind of, 
I think Daniel Radcliffe actually does quite a good job here of like showing that realization. And, and I think Ra- Dan- like Harry Potter in the movies is like, oh shit. Like he knows he shouldn't have seen that. And he feels kind of bad for Snape, both for seeing it and mm-hmm. for what happened to him. And mm-hmm. I think that like, I really think the movie version of this, while they compress it a lot, um, I think they, they still do quite a good job of it. Hey, this book is so fucking long. Compress it. See if I care. Yeah. Compress it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have to. Okay. So, so now Harry's, Harry's sad now. He's like, oh, my dad was a bad guy. Cry, cry, cry. Once again, he only has that revelation about his father. At no point was he like, I got to ask Sirius what was up with this. Because that was no, kind of deeply not cool. Yeah. He's like, Sirius, tell me why... Tell me that my father wasn't such a dick. He's not like, can we talk about your behavior? Yeah. As my hero. Well, that's the end of the chapter. Mike, is there anything that you wanted to circle back to? Any last words? Like anything we didn't touch on? Any jokes you wrote ahead of time that that would be a good time to present them? (laughs) No, I think that is an interesting point because I wonder like if Sirius didn't die later in this book, if Mm -hmm. Harry would have spoken to him more about it. Like, maybe he had sort of side-noted that as a conversation to have with Sirius, but it was like Mm-mm. he never really got the chance to. Uh, like, I want to like that answer, but Harry, at every turn, is like, especially in this book, like, a couple different times, he's been like, I want to talk to Sirius about this, but then he never works up the courage. Well, but mm. another part of it is that Sirius is so sullen in this book, and I think, honestly, seeing him like this as a teen really reinforces the like sulking behavior we see from him this entire time where he's like, Mm. he does have an arrogance to it where he's like, well, I can go to the train station as a dog. No one will know. And, Mm. and he's got this sullenness to like kind of not getting his way Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. And so I think this kind of um, Harry has no experience with Sirius really as a person And so he's kind of like, wow, what a weird thing that he's just like so upset about like, you know, his freedom or whatever. And I think this vision kind of contextualizes it more as a continuation of how his personality has always been and that he's easily bored. He doesn't mind hurting others and taking big risks for entertainment or amusement. And he likes getting his own way. Mm. Yep. It's a lot of characterization happening, honestly. I still think that it's, it's the his death to me is like the most like he got the worst deal of any character I feel. Like finally yeah, gets out but he deal. still has to be undercover and then like maybe in a few years it'll all be settled and I'll be able to walk free. Bam, my cousin killed me. Fuck. Like I feel yeah. bad for serious. It's fuck it, that is fucked for sure. For sure. Okay, yeah, cool. Well, y'all, y'all ready to, to do some plugs? Yeah. Okay, cool. Mike, tell the people where they can find you on the internet. Oh, you can follow me on Instagram at radio.mike. Um, my website is www.radiomike.com.au. Um, and YouTube, Radio Mike. And just pretty much anywhere Radio Mike, you'll find me. TikTok as well. And you can listen to my podcast. 20th Century Boy, which is a weekly conversation and the slug is the conversations you wish you were having about the stuff no one else cares about. Lots of pop culture chat 
And then Harry Potter and the Boys is out every Tuesday. I'm about to record one straight after this with Sam for next week's app. Exciting. Tell him I say hi. I will. <laughs> tell him I say hi too, even though he doesn't know me. I will <laughs> tell him that. He doesn't know me either, but he should come on this podcast too because y'all are a lot of fun. Yeah, he said he was keen too. So I will hook you guys up on email. Amazing. Um, what's something, Mike, that you've been like watching, reading, playing, listening to, whatever recently mm. that you think that our listeners would enjoy? Oh, okay. I did do this last time. Okay, I've got two if that's cool. I Go ahead. um I listened to the new Gorillas album, which is called Ooh. Cracker Island. Um like I haven't listened to them for a while, but I really enjoyed um that. So recommend checking that out. It's like 45 minutes. But then I um I actually read a book recently called Never Let Me Go, which is by Kazuo Ishi Ishiguro. Yeah, yeah I've I, read that one. Yeah, and I'm I'm still I mean I'd love to talk about it at some point with you because I'm still kind of assessing how I felt about mm-hmm. it. It's a thinker. Oh, it's a thinker. Yeah, and I guess like it's sort of hard to to talk about it. Like I think I liked it, but <laughs> it's hard to talk about it much without giving away some of the key kind of um plot elements, but it was mm-hmm. a good sort of quick read it's I want to say it's science fiction and it is but it's sort of like magical realism almost yeah Yeah. and it's but it but as much as that it's still kind of just like slice of life like it feels like everyday like every the real world but it's Mm -hmm. not really really interesting concept and I just have been thinking a lot about it so I would implore you to go and read that book and uh let let me know what you thought send me a dm on insta amazing those are really good plugs Thank you. Brooke, where can people find you on the internet? Um, you can find me on Instagram at Passion for Parks. You can find me on Twitter at Grumpy Brooke. And um, this is going to sound a little stupid, but the modern reboot of How I Met Your Mother, which is called How I Met Your Father and stars Hilary Duff, is actually delightful and everyone should really? watch it. Yeah. Ooh, I love fun. it. I love it's How I like Met Your really Father. It's like really good. And I, I was talking about it on my podcast this week because Hilary Duff is my favorite celebrity of all time. Mm-mm. And she is delivering on that show. That's yeah. amazing. Good it's for like her. I want nothing fun. but everything for her. It is a very, very fun show. I think I feel like everyone is going to not want to give it a chance just because of the premise in general. But mm. like, it's so well done. Like, I really, really yeah. enjoy it. And wow, if you like the original, it has like a lot of the spirit of the original, which is good, but it feels pretty unique as well. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you so much. I've been your host, Christina. You know where to find me. And this week I'm going to plug, that's what I'm talking about. Our friends, Lord of the Ring podcast, Lord of the Rings. There's more than one ring. <laughs> Last week I was on talking about reading the 1969 nice Harvard Lampoon book board of the rings with sam and taylor (laughs) it was very very silly i recommend you listen to it even if you have no idea what i'm talking about awesome that sounds good yeah so that's that mike thank you so much for joining us it was an absolute delight and this was a really fun chapter thank you so much for having me back hopefully i can come back on half-blood prince and then i think once we finish book two of my fanfic i'd love to get you guys on finally um, yeah. But yeah, 
That'd be amazing. I love it. You know, we got to protect the fun, safe spaces in this fucking fandom. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, and Brooke, as always, thank you for being my beautiful, dear, dear friend. Yeah, thanks. I am <laughs> always delighted to be able to actually do something with people. Yeah, you're doing great. How is it speaking to adults again? I'm trying so hard, guys. <laughs> <laughs> trying so hard. My daughter is five months old for, for context, Mike. Oh, that's that's sweet. What's her name? Freya. Oh, the queen that's in a the lovely north. name. The yeah. queen in the north. Yeah. So um, she's a well, delight. Hello to and Freya. I deeply <laughs> love being her mom, but um, also trying to like maintain any adult friendships. My My friends, my adult friends are... Absolutely so lovely and gracious with me about how hard it is to balance all of that. Mm, so bet. it is fun getting to do this kind of stuff. Hell yeah. And actually Freya <laughs> is going to be a guest on the podcast in April. <laughs> We're just going to let yes. her babble into the mic for a little while. That's cute. It's going to be her debut. Um, so I'm pretty excited about that one. Anyway, mm. um, that's the end of the episode. And that's how I end the episodes. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> That's it, potheads. Thanks for listening to the Restricted Section. This podcast is produced and hosted by me, Christina Kahn. Our theme music was produced by Ryan Kahn. Our logo was designed by Michael Hardison. Please connect with us on Twitter at RestrictedPod, on Instagram at RestrictedSectionPod, on Facebook at RestrictedSectionPod, or in our Facebook group, The Restricted Section Detention Crew. Join our Patreon to get access to our Discord server, our bonus episodes, and other cool perks. We're also very happy to be a member of Deus Ex Media, where all you fucking nerds can find all kinds of fandom podcasts to suit your fancy. Have you ever gotten so distracted in Stardew Valley that you forgot to sleep? Have you realized that you have a whole room in your house full of dolls? Or have you even bored your friends to sleep talking about your passion? Well then, Content Capable is the podcast for you. Join me, Sam, as I chat to people passionate about what they do, asking questions about how they fell in love with their passion, what they do, and how it interacts with their day-to-day lives. Catch the podcast every Monday as I find out what makes someone tick, all while gleaning interesting and insightful life lessons along the way. There'll be laughs, a bit of crying, a whole lot of conversations, and we learn just a little bit more about the world around us. I just walked in on my husband giving my daughter a jazz bath. He's playing smooth jazz. He's got the bathroom like steamed like he ran the hot shower so that it's like steamy in there. And he's just scatting along with the jazz music for her. I'm not surprised. Did you put maple in the bathroom? Yes, I did. Yeah. (laughs) A puggle. Change things up a little bit. Mm hmm. Dave X Media.